What is going on, Fantasy Football Nation? It is Saturday, September 19th. Fantasy Football Sage Podcast coming to you, episode 13. That's right, lucky 13. I'm your host, Michael Fricano. Thanks for tuning in. We got a good one for you. Brief, but yet very important, vital information. We're going to go over Thursday night's game. What an awesome game. We're also going to go over some player news. Get you updated on anything that may or may not affect you. Guys that are injured, guys that aren't playing. This is stuff you got to know. You want to stay on top of this stuff. All right? So sit back, listen, and enjoy. I hope you tuned in to Thursday night's game where the Cincinnati Bengals took on the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland. The Browns took it away at 35 to 30. What a game though, huh? Many probably didn't expect a 65 point total, let alone a slew of highlights. A few years ago, if you would have told me about this matchup on primetime television, no less, I wouldn't have been so excited. However, I was eager to tune in Thursday. So many fantasy players on both sides of the ball. And after, yo, they were calling it, what was it? The Battle for Ohio. How epic is that, bro? The Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield rivalry is something we could probably look forward to for years to come. Burrow threw for 37 completions for 61 attempts. Yeah, 61 attempts. The most attempts for a rookie QB in NFL history. This tells us the Bengals trust this kid with the ball. And while he didn't seal the win, I don't think anyone can be disappointed in his only second NFL start. 316 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. If you started him, I'd say you're pretty damn pleased. Tyler Boyd also, who finished for seven of eight targets for 72 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Green was kind of a disappointment if you started him, having only secured three of his 13 targets for 29 yards. But let's look on the bright side. 13 targets? He's heavily involved still. I like both of these receivers moving forward. It appears the Bengals might be airing it out a lot this season in an attempt to come back. Tight end TJ Uzama even got a little bit of love, huh? He caught four of six targets for 42 yards and a touchdown. He's looking like a tight end streaming candidate in the future weeks if he's going to be this involved in the offense. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield went for only 16 of 23 attempts close to only a third of the pass attempts rookie nemesis Joe Burrow had. Yeah, I'm going to gas up this rivalry for, for years now. Okay, As long as these two guys stay in the same division, I'm going to gas it up. He finished with 219 passing yards, two TDs, and one interception. One of those touchdowns was a 43-yard bomb to none other than Odell Beckham Jr., who finished with four catches, 74 yards, and a score. He should have had a second touchdown, truth be told, on another bomb later in the game. The refs even failed to call an obvious pass interference, in my opinion. Anyhow, regardless, Browns fans and Beckham truthers alike. That includes me. Excited to see this highly anticipated connection between Beckham and Mayfield. Yes, it looks promising, but it is only one game, right folks? Jarvis Landry had a stinker of a night with only having gone 3-for-3 three three for 36 yards. Don't get too upset, people, okay? Baker did only throw the ball 23 times. One-fourth of those went to Odell. Just be patient. 
Don't go tilting and drop Landry on the strength of one bad game. I personally suspect that there'll be plenty of weeks when we see the love flip-flop back and forth between these two star receivers. Running backs Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both had awesome fantasy finishes. They dominated from the backfield. Chubb ran for 124 yards on 22 carries and scored twice. Hunt had 86 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. He also secured two catches for 15 yards and a passing touchdown. If the Browns continue to use these two elite backs in this fashion, they're going to be a menace for opponents moving forward. Chubb solidified his RB1 status, obviously. Hunt, for me, is looking like we need to upgrade him to RB2 status when they see Washington next week. Before I get into player news, I do want to mention a uh, tweet that I saw the other day that said, Baker Mayfield has more career commercials than he does career touchdowns. Man, I tell you what, the internet is just freaking savage. (laughs) All right, let's get into some player news. Wide receiver Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders missed practice Friday. It's uncertain whether he's going to play after missing two straight practices. You might want to be checking into his availability tomorrow or just look to pivot into other alternatives. Wide receiver Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints did not practice Friday, which we expected given his high ankle sprain. However, there's reports saying that he has a chance to play in Week 2. I think it's a risky option, seeing as how it's a Monday night football game that they're playing. I wouldn't count on it, folks. Still look to bench him. It's just too chancy. I tell you what you can do, though. You can move Michael Thomas over into your flex. And let's say you got another player that's playing on Monday night. You wait to see if he suits up just before kickoff. If he doesn't, well, then you got that player to slide into the flex. Let's say you got Emmanuel Sanders. Jared Cook, uh, Traquan Smith, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, whoever it may be. Then you can slide them into the flex and you won't be, you won't get a goose egg for the position. Houston Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks was limited in practice with his quadricep injury. He's questionable for week two. However, despite his injury last week, he was also questionable and we saw him on the field. And he's got a tough matchup, but He's still a number three for the position. Also for the Houston Texans, running back Duke Johnson was limited in practice Friday. He's listed as questionable as well. Uh, it's gonna, it looks like it's going to be a game-time decision for, for Duke. Um, I would certainly much rather prefer David Johnson, who wouldn't. Uh, but let's say you're desperate in your flex and you got Duke Johnson sitting on your bench. Chances are he's only going to see a handful of touches anyhow. I would look to avoid him this week. Pittsburgh wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster participated fully in practice Friday. Uh, I would definitely count on him to be kind of in that gray area between number one and number two receiver for fantasy. Looks like he's definitely going to suit up, though. The Washington football team's Antonio Gibson running back. His role will continue to grow, according to offensive coordinator Scott Turner. He's a young player. As a rookie, you don't want to overwork those guys up. Blah, 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 blah. Peyton Barber got because that's the way the game script was going. That's why his snap count was so high. Blah, blah, blah. That's what Turner said exactly in those words. No, seriously, we can count on Antonio Gibson's 
volume to go up. Do you want to start them this week? Why not? They're playing the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like his opportunity is going to increase. You're still going to see a lot of, of Peyton Barber in there. Unfortunately, he's just going to be all up in the way for Gibson owners. However, he's not much of a hurdle. It's just a matter of time before we see Gibson completely overtake the role. If you want to start him this week, I would consider him RB4 territory. Miami Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker, still dealing with his hamstring, was limited in practice Friday, and he's listed as questionable for week two. They're playing the Bills, so even if he was healthy, I wouldn't expect a whole lot. However, I'd be looking to pivot from Parker this week. It's too risky, hamstring, real tough defense. I'm just not interested. If you do decide to play him, he's a wide receiver three at best. Also in the wide receiver three territory, Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. He participated fully in practice Friday, and it looks like he's going to suit up. He came off of a solid week one performance. I'm comfortable putting him out there. And unfortunately, we kind of saw this one coming. We shouldn't be too shocked, but George Kittle, tight end for San Francisco 49ers, did not participate in practice Friday and has been ruled out for week two. If you're looking for somebody to pivot to, uh, I'd say Jordan Reed will probably see additional targets. I mean, when the guy's healthy, he's he's been a beast in the past. It seems a, a bit of a desperation play. Me, personally, I picked up Chris Herndon off the waiver wires where I had George Kittle in some leagues. You know, it's just how long he's going to be out, who knows. Hopefully not long. Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay has also been ruled out. It's about time we got some clarity as far as to his availability for Week 2. Uh, there's no timetable as to his return. You're just going to have to sit tight on him, folks. I know that's not what you want to hear. But at least now you know. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper fully participated in practice Friday. He's not on the injury report. Looks like he's a go. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones was limited during practice Friday, but he's not on the injury report. He's been dealing with this injury for a little while. I mean, we see his name on the injury report pretty often, and he still suits up. Well, he's not on it this week. He should receive his normal workload. Count on him as a wide receiver one. Pittsburgh Steeler running back James Conner was taken off the injury report Friday. Looks like he's going to play. How confident I am in him now that Benny Snell has kind of hedged his way into the backfield. You know, I mean, obviously, he's still a recommended play over Snell. I just don't count on him so much as an RB2. I, I'm just need, I need to see the guy stay on the field. I would count him as an RB3, but don't be surprised if he gets taken out of the game. Mr. Fragili here, just, I wouldn't want to own him, period. But let's assume for a second that I am a James Conner. What am I going to do? I'm not starting him this week. Split backfield, problems with, it, with his ankle. He can go out at any moment. They're going up against a Denver Broncos defense, which is pretty stout against the rushing game. I would just put him on my bench, hope he has a great game, or some semblance of a great game. And look to trade him at the highest possible value. The guy's just not going to stay healthy the whole season. Sorry, it's just not happening. Indianapolis Colts tight end Jack Doyle has been ruled out for week two against the Minnesota Vikings. So we got Jack Doyle and Trey Burton out. What does this mean for the tight end position in Indy? 
Big Mo Alley Cox. Don't do it. Don't just, just don't do it. I was totally kidding. If you're looking to pick up anybody in Indy other than T.Y. Hilton on the receiving side, maybe Paris Campbell. He should see a target increase. We're going to move over to, this is, this is bad news. A.J. Brown has been ruled out. Sorry, Browns owners. Uh, man, it's, let's hope it's not long. That's all I got to say. Let's hope it's not long. He's dealing with some kind of knee issue. No details as of yet. Uh, after a subpar performance in the season opener, I was really kind of hoping to see him take the field and, and get some kind of redemption. Doesn't look like it's going to be this week, though. New York Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder has been ruled out for week two. Uh, what does this mean? Honestly, they're going against the San Francisco 49ers. Rashad Perryman could see some more looks and could be a sneaky start. Maybe as a wide receiver four. They got to throw the ball to somebody. I'm thinking Chris Herndon and Rashard Perryman could see an increase in volume. Just something to think about. And this one's just coming in. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin, as of today, Saturday, September 19th, is ruled out for Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. Even though he did practice a little bit throughout the week, he still had to pass some tests today. He failed. Sorry, Chris Godwin owners. Mike Evans' owners are probably a little excited about this. He's going to get a bump. If you picked up Scotty Miller off of the waivers, he does become a much more viable option with this news. Just saying. Maybe wide receiver four territory even. He had a decent outing and a pretty solid week one. Denver Broncos running back Philip Lindsay did not participate in practice Friday, and he has been ruled out for week two with turf toe. Melvin Gordon becomes a solid RB2 at this point. He's going to get all the work. Also for Denver, we got wide receiver Cortland Sutton as being limited during practice Friday, and he's listed as questionable for week two. He's probably going to be a game-time decision. However, I'm going to advise you just simply not to think about him this week. Bencham, they're going up against Pittsburgh. He's risky either way, whether he plays or not, okay? Just trust me on this, all right, folks? And that wraps it up for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Lucky episode number 13. I also hope that you smash your opponents this weekend. Represent the Fantasy Football Sage podcast by completely crushing and just oppressing your opponents. Okay? We need solid week two finishes. Represent. You can find us, the Fantasy Football Sage podcast. On Spotify, Facebook, Anchor, Twitter, Pocket Cast. I need to take a deep breath. Whew. Man, I get winded reading this list. Breaker, Radio Republic, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you want to write a five-star review, rave about how much you love the show, that would help us out a lot. If not, all you got to do is tune in. Keep catching that knowledge. Also, keep catching them dubs. Peace.